welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is... Uh, now, of course, there's someone who's going to come up on the podcast a lot for today's episode, uh, a composer lyricist, um, and listen, we've, we've talked about lyricists, uh, who are great, we've talked about lyricists who are bad, but is this the worst lyric ever written? In learning, you will teach, and in teaching... You will learn. I mean, it is a clunker. It is, and I, I know it like really sticks out. I don't know if it's the yeah. worst one ever written, but it's it's up. Good. It's it's like Evil Dead the musical level uh, lyric yes, writing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it, except for less profane. Yes, for profanity. Yeah, sake, of he's course. not a, he's not really a profane uh, songwriter. Uh, no. Monsieur Collins. He's not French. Whatever. Um, let's dig <laughs> on in. Let's dive on in. Let's swing on into this episode uh, where we are, of course, talking about 1999's Tarzan. We're still in our Disney season. We're, we're moving on through with Tarzan, directed by Chris Buck and Kevin Lima, and its subsequent uh, 2006 musical theater adaptation with a book by David Henry Wang, inexplicably, uh, and music and lyrics by Phil Collins. As always, uh, our wonderful producer, editor, Bran Moorhead is here. Hello, Bran. Hello. Um, I just, I saw Annette yesterday for the second (laughs) time and watching Tarzan after Annette, I wished I was watching two hours and 40 minutes of Annette again (laughs) for a third time. Instead of 98 minutes or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, you should, you should hear us talk about, uh, our one hour episode on Annette, uh, on our Patreon, Mm -hmm. go to patreon.com slash movie the musical and you can hear us talk about Annette. It's a very fun time. Um, this is our first main feed episode that is guestless. Uh, you might notice, uh, we had a wonderful guest, uh, we had some scheduling issues, um, and we just, based on our time schedule, we just had to move forward, um, she'll be on again in the future, um, 100%. Yes, but it is just... And because this is our first season that we're doing in any sort of chronology... Yes. um, We just had to go on, but luckily the product is, uh, you know, not that great to warrant any sort of stellar guest, so maybe that was it. Maybe maybe she watched it and was like, "Mm, nah... (laughs) Well, okay, okay, there's a line being drawn in the sand here, I'll say that. So, thesis pinned at the top of the episode, here we go. Uh, This episode is gonna, for me, is revolving around a word that I know Brand loves, and I know our listeners love. Uh, The word is diegesis. What are we talking about here? Well... It's something that's come up often in past episodes, um, whether a song is diegetic or non-diegetic. So does that song exist within the world of a show or does it not? Um, That has kind of become, there is actually a great YouTube video, um, and we will link it in our social medias, uh, by an account called Sideways. And they have a great analysis of Tarzan where they say sort of the biggest issue. And it's something that I also agree with is that, Unlike the preceding Disney Renaissance musicals, 
this isn't really a musical. Tarzan, mm-hmm. arguably, the film, is not a musical because they are all actively non-diegetic songs. They are all songs that are... That it's essentially like a music video. Like, the song sequences are essentially animated music videos yeah. for Phil Collins's songs. It'd uh, be like a play with songs instead of a musical yes. on stage. Honestly, know? though. So, and so that's obviously the question. So, and so we can... And we'll get into sort of like how the songs function within the film of Tarzan and sort of what they add and or do not add. But then that's the question, right? These songs were written for a non-diegetic function for Tarzan. Um, but then they are transplanted for the stage show and inserted diegetically into the mouths of characters. Um, yep. Can they work the same way? Um, the, the, the answer... Not really. It's not really. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the stage show. But yeah, let's... Let's go swinging. Let's. I'm gonna just keep using that pun. I'm very sorry. Uh, uh, Tarzan. 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 1999's Tarzan. Uh, arguably the end of the Disney Renaissance. Um, the sure. final film. Because uh, arguably the last film to use songs in a prominent way in the, like, maybe Home on the Range. I don't know who gives a shit, but, like... Um, cause sure. Because, like, like, after this, it's, like, Fantasia 2000, which is, like, a Fantasia film. That's its own breed of thing. Yeah. And then you get The Emperor's New Groove, which was gonna be a musical with songs by Sting, and then they pretty much just, like, turned that into its own bizarre thing, kept an opening number that Sting wrote, and then, like, left another one of his songs as the, like opening, like, closing credits song that actually did get an Oscar nomination. So this is, like, Mm. the final, like, musical in very heavy quotes in the Disney, like, 90s era. Um, Yeah. And they, uh, but again, like, they, they, I think it's such a weird decision to have Phil Collins' songs exist out of the exist out of the frame of, like, the actual characters in the show. I don't, I'm, what do you, so, and so obviously, Phil Collins. Phil Collins is sort of the thing of it all. Like, whenever you bring up Tarzan, it, that's usually like the, oh, I love the Phil Collins songs. Like, that is usually the draw. Brand, what is your take on Phil Collins relating to Tarzan and or just in general? I don't know. He's fine. I think <laughs> songs in this I like are like classics now, of course. Even though most of them are pretty ridiculous and the lyrics uh as stated at the top are mm-hmm. not great like two worlds one family i just keep saying that now i two know two worlds one family <laughs> two girls one cup um and uh, now that's my alternate lyric for it there you go um but like you know uh i don't know what would you say is the d hit from the show from this from the movie rather well i mean the hit is arguably you'll be in my heart because it won yeah, the Os- it won the that's Oscar what I would and, say. and so and let's let's just fucking do this now i want to litigate the fact that this shit won the oscar um wow okay there are five nominees i don't know brand if you look this up uh there were five nominees uh that year uh, one of them I don't really know at all. It's music of music of my heart from the film Music of the Heart, written by Diane Warren, uh, the Great. bridesmaid never a bride of the Oscars. Uh, Diane yeah. Warren. Um, the other three nominees, I think it is egregious that you'll be in my heart beat them for the Oscar. Um, 
You have Save Me, Amy Mann's song from Magnolia. Okay. Which is a very lovely song. Mm-hmm. You have When She Loved Me, the Randy Newman song, the sad oh, song sure. from Toy Story yeah, 2. Yeah, that's... Go on, but that should have And then you have Blame Canada from oh, South Park, yeah. Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. A so legendary like, performance by Robin Williams live, yeah, too. Yeah, oh That's my gosh, great very true. Performance. So, like, I would say of those three, one of those should have beaten You'll Be In My Heart from, from yeah, Tarzan. Because, sure. like, I don't even think yeah. You'll Be In My Heart is the best song in Tarzan. That, it's two worlds. I think I think two, I just think musically I think musically two worlds is just an absolute banger of an opening. You mean um, it's not trash in the camp? The okay, okay. Song? Oh, yeah, that is uh, well, arguably, <laughs> arguably like the first what like eight bars of "You'll Be in My Heart" are diagetic. It's Glenn Close's uh, Carla singing. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, trash in the camp Weird. is the. O- Trash in the Cap is the only full song that is diegetic, uh, which again, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man, I always I, I hated that part. I know, I, I know, I love the. I've always loved the Phil Collins NSYNC cover of that song, where it sounds like NSYNC is singing "Vagina." Oh yes, it's very strange. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, two well, and I will say the Phil Collins songs are good. But like in Lion King, which is obviously it's very comparable because it's again another pop songwriter sort of writing the songs for this. But like in Elton, like in the Lion King, where I think Elton John's songs are good, but Hans Zimmer and Lebo M's like instrumentation and arrangements are kind of the thing that elevates them there i think similarly here it's mark mancina as the compose as the sort of the arranger uh with dave metzger it's i think it's their instrumentation and arrangements that really elevates the songs as much as they do here yeah i'd Um, say it certainly helps a lot yes uh mark mancina um who also he did the uh, the scoring and arrangements for moana um Mm -hmm. and he also uh did the music for a little an upcoming episode at some point uh august rush whenever we get to that uh he's the composer on that Uh, i've never seen it but yeah it's a the musical is an odd duck but uh but yeah so i think they're like just the the percussion and i was i was thinking about this because i was like listening to the like the broadway cast recording for tarzan and i was like why doesn't this song hit as much like what is it like about i was like really listening closely to the arrangements because i'm like this song is the song slaps the song's a banger why isn't it hitting as hard on the broadway show um and it's like i mean obviously like films hmm. will just have larger orchestras in general but I think it's specifically, I'm just like getting really fucking in the weeds here. Like, I think there is a string section in the film's orchestra that is not replicated in the Broadway show. Um, And I think there are also just like trumpets in the Broadway orchestra that go like, bam, bam. And it's just really (laughs) poppy and really distracting. 
Yeah, and then there's that, there's that like little pan flute sound in a lot of the movie that I feel like you yeah. can't really. Maybe it's just buried in the Broadway show, but it feels pretty iconic, especially in Two Worlds. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's a, um, and it's a completely different orchestrator for the Broadway show as well, who just yeah. yeah just went in a completely different direction. But yeah, I mean, what's what's your favorite song from Tarzan the film? Uh, probably you'll, I guess you'll be in my heart. Sure. I don't know. Two Worlds is like a nice melody too. Son of Man yeah. is a ridiculous song, but it's kind of enjoyable. <laughs> well, I mean, that's right. And, Cause like, I all just, I like don't mind Phil Collins. Like Genesis is fine. Yeah. Phil Collins solo stuff. It's all fine. It's not like, I'm never going to say any of it's my like favorite music or he's anywhere in something that I listen to all the time, but like. Susu Studio in the air tonight. You know, butter, 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 yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, there's <laughs> so many hits, but I don't know. I almost feel like at the age I'm at now, I find Genesis, the Genesis connection here, Peter Gabriel's like later term solo career stuff sure. to be better than Phil Collins's, with the exception of like in the air tonight, yeah. you know, which is just forever going to be. A classic. Yes. It's the best like slow burn of any song ever written. Honestly, though, um, it's real fucking good. It's really fucking good. Uh, they're all yeah. But to answer the original question, like Tarzan, the songs they're all fine. Not in the movie, um, except for Trash in the Camp. I find yeah that I found that sequence to be just the most annoying thing in a Disney movie in a while. Yes. Um, Strangers like me is good too. Yeah. Like all like. There's good songs in this thing. Yeah. Um, yep. so, but Tarzan is, uh, it's based on Tarzan of the Apes, uh, a story by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, it is, uh, which, God, when was that written? That was like fucking, like the, uh, 1912, my God. There you uh, go. Coming up in the 110th anniversary of that thing. Uh, go us. Um, Congrats, you know. ERB. <laughs> but it's, you know, it is, it was a way, it's, I mean, Arguably a very colonialist story, right? It is a way Absolutely. for uh, white Europeans to be able to sort of write and appropriate stories set in Africa. But it's like, oh, but it's about a white man. Like, we don't have to have any black characters in this African set story. And don't worry, Disney doesn't. <laughs> yes, Disney exactly. manages to not have a single person of African descent anywhere that I could... See in the voice cast or otherwise, no, right? I mean, right? It's like, what is it? It's fucking yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, of course. Glenn Close, Gl- Rose, Bishop from Alien, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he is very good. Uh, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, yeah, dude, he rules. <laughs> yes, but uh, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, cause, yeah, I mean, they're gorillas. I don't know, they're fucking gorillas. It's like whatever. Sure, and like yes, obviously, like there's another racist connotation by casting them oh, all as black. Yes, exactly. Like, that's, that's the thing. Could have been the other move. It, sure, and kinda, I could see Disney yeah. being like, "Well, what do you want from us?" But my point is, is that like, there's not not only are there not any uh, actors or anybody in it, but there's no, you know, the story and the the. Disney version of it is not interested in there being any black people in no. Africa either. No, you know? no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> not again, a one. Again, it's it is kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, right? Just with what the it's like. Yeah, it's fantastically racist if it is white man Tarzan amongst a bunch of apes played by black actors. Oh, completely. Uh, like I, that's probably worse. That's probably oh, worse for sure. I would say that's. I mean, who are we to arbit to to be the arbiters no, of I, what is for, the most Racist oh, thing obviously. that Disney could do. Yes. But the point is that they're like, 
there were there was never certainly not in 1999 there was never going to be any discussion of Tarzan being a black man like that was certainly not going to happen no. you know no uh my god uh there's yeah but anyway so ta- so it's about a young boy who uh Gets it was as a baby, his parents get killed by a leopard, um, and so he's taken in after making a Swiss Family Robinson house in the yeah, trees. Yeah, my god, very resilient parents, those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they get killed by Sabor, uh, the leopard who cannot talk. I guess the rules of like what animals can and cannot talk is yeah. bizarre in this thing, yeah. Maybe it's like equal to or below your step in the food chain, but you can't talk to anybody above. Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. But then, but yeah, but then baby Tarzan is rescued by Carla, voiced by Glenn Close. Um, But Kerchak. After a a, a violent scene in which her infant is. Yeah, this, and murdered this is, again, brutally off screen. And again, this is all like underscored by two worlds. And again, so it's just like this disembodied, yeah, the, uh, this, this disembodied uh, Phil Collins uh, just saying uh, thematically, uh, no words describe a mother's tears. It's like, okay, sure, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, you're right. <laughs> uh, no words can heal a broken heart, for sure. Um, but then, yeah, then Tarzan is growing up as a little human boy in an ape world, and he's like, why? Why can't I fit in? I mean, it is the classic Disney dilemma of, like, the young boy yeah. uh, or the young person, whomever, trying to find where they belong. But, like, again, he yeah. he never gets an I Want song, so it's like there's still, like, it's within this Disney formula where, like, you should be, like, the crumbs are there. Like, you should be able to, like, emotionally connect with him, but... You don't, like, get the framework of, like, what we've seen in previous Disney Renaissance films. Yeah. So it's just a little harder to emotionally connect with the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then what do you, what, they, he tries to be friends with young Rosie O'Donnell, Turk. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, and he gets, has to get the elephant hair. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so Rosie O'Donnell, um, who, again, maybe one of the most unfairly maligned celebrities of the 2000s, right? A hundred percent. Rosie rules. Yeah. Rosie fucking rules. Like was a huge proponent of theater, obviously, especially Broadway Mm -hmm. theater. Um, Just, I don't know, just fucking her talk show was homophobic, like fat phobic garbage. Just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. She's excellent on Curb Um, Your Enthusiasm. If you've ever seen that season where she and Larry David are in a softball league together. <laughs> I, I, I have not seen this season. That's, she like, kicks his ass. It's good. God, she is great. She is so good in a league of their own. I think we've talked Absolutely. about. We've talked about that film here as well. I think it was a previous guest. Was it Beth Highlands who wanted to turn into a musical? I think. I think so, and now it's becoming one. So, <sighs> yeah, isn't it? Wish uh, granted. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but it's uh, monkey's paw situation because I think it's Jason Robert Brown adapting it. Yep. Um, but then his uh, Tarzan's other friend, of course, is Tantor, an elephant, an elephant voiced by Wayne Knight. Um, great choice. As a child, child Tantor, I really like. It, even though it's just that one short scene. I know. Is this water sanitary? Very cute. Yes. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, Tantor was originally going to be played by Woody Allen. Uh, oh boy! But Jeffrey Katzenberg was able to get him to leave the project, uh, so he could be the lead in Ants, which was coming out oh, around great. the same time. Maybe one of the only good things that Jeffrey Katzenberg has ever done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one could argue. Um, 
But yeah, Tarzan's, I don't know, he's, he's growing up. He's trying to figure out who he is in the Son of world. Man, is that's, that's where we get the montage yeah. of Son of Man. Yeah, which bigger. again, like, what is that song about? <laughs> son of Man, Son of Man. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> hell that song's about. Lift your spirit, set him free. It's like, okay. Like, again, it's, I mean, like, it is very much, like, pop song, right? It's just, like, lyrics and words and themes that don't really mean anything. No. A man in time will be. Yeah, (laughs) certainly not in the context of a child raised by apes. No, exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Uh, But then Tarzan Tarzan grows up, and he's voiced by Tony Goldwyn. uh, Do not like how adult. Tarzan looks Re- for that, some, like, something po- about his face really bothers that me. real pointy head of his. Yeah, <laughs> so pointy. It's very pointy. Yeah, it's a pointy head, and it's the like heavy brow, but like I don't know. Is he supposed? He's supposed to be like making a gorilla face. I guess is that why his like brow uh, sure, is so heavy? Sure. I mean, and like it, I, from and it's in, it's intuited that he has dreadlocks, and that's sort of why his hair yeah. is like that. Yeah. Well, so okay, yeah. so if you like production things, so. Chris, the two directors, Chris Buck, would go on to be one of the co-directors of the Frozen films. Uh, this Great. was his directorial debut. And then Kevin Lima was the director of a Goofy movie. Um, okay. Which and which is a great film, which obviously, yeah. uh, who knows if they'll ever make that into a fucking musical. But, uh, oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Um, but uh, the whole thing was that apparently Kevin Lima was like, I think it would be ridiculous if Tarzan sang. Like, having this guy uh, swinging through the jungle singing, that'd be silly. And it's like... What? It's a Disney (laughs) film! Is it weird for Ariel to sing? Why? Because he's a guy? Like, is that the difference? I don't I don't know. It's so strange. It's just like, let him it's sing. It's so strange. Let the guy sing. He's so, he, he captures uh, Jane with his feet. He does. <laughs> yes. His feet must be so disgusting. Yeah, I I don't know how hygiene works trees. In, the, in the jungle, but yeah. Dude's yeah. fucking gross. Um, it's weird he wears a loincloth. I mean, like, obviously he has to wear a loincloth. They can't have a nude man in a no. Disney movie for the whole time. Absolutely but, like, not. it's just, you know, it's just, it still is odd. Uh, but I was, yeah. and I'll say, like, I was, probably, and I know, Bran, I think you you don't like this movie as much as I do. Um, but for, I'm sure one thing we can agree on is the animation in this movie is kind That's of, like, great. remarkable. They literally, mm-hmm. like, invented, like, seek like mo- methods of like crafting like the vines of like sort of like the computer generated vines and being able to like mix in 2d animation with these like 3d like rendered surfaces so that they yeah. can have him like go like moving like almost on, like on a roller coaster from like vine to vine to vine like that shit is yeah and i remember so impressive it does look good, yeah. It's it still looks pretty good, and I like the the like weird layering they do sometimes with leaves and that kind of a thing is is interesting to look at too. Even though I don't like his character design, he's animated sure. very very well, and so are the I think that like um, oh Kerchak is that his dad Kerchak Kerchak yeah Perchik um, <laughs> Perchik yeah. you're, th- you're thinking of Fiddler on the Roof <laughs> yes. Uh, He's animated very well too. Like I like the monkeys a lot. I, mean, I don't. I don't really care for Turk, um, honestly, at Bran, all. Bran, excuse me. They're apes. 
They're apes, thank you very thank much. You, but you, the monkey, the you, I guess the baboons you, are apes as well. You correct me on a future episode about sure. an aquatic uh, distinction, and I'm here to hold you accountable for this brief mistake you just made. <laughs> thank you, yes. I, I'm sorry to dis, disrespect our bipedal brothers <laughs> in, the, in the greater ape community. Um <laughs> I do like when they when the elephants argue about whether piranhas are in Africa yes, or not. This I think is that's true. pretty funny. Yes. No, there's there's some good like, bits. No, they're in natives this to thing. South yeah. America. I mean that's the, I mean, there are a few episodes where this has come up, and I think it's already come up where like the tonal balance is sometimes really tough in these Disney films, you know, like yeah. I feel like Pocahontas uh, for me is like the worst offender of this. I mean it's it's a, it's offensive on various accounts. Who the fuck was he? But it sure. is also the worst offender in like it is trying to have such prestige and such drama to it, yeah. but then all the shit with the like the animals and their antics is just like so in opposition to that that it's really like yeah. it's literal like tonal whiplash in that film. But I actually think Tarzan does a pretty decent job of balancing the humor uh with with the drama or the seriousness of it all. Yes. Yes, even though, like, some of the moments are, like, intensely violent, though, sure. I will say that this movie, this movie, as compared to a lot of Disney, has some, like, moments of really gruesome violence. Not that it's, like, shown so much, but, like, the, I mean, the child being killed at the beginning, the, like, baby gorilla is, like, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's, like, a baby and then just, like, there's quite a bit of blood in the, um, in his house when... Kala finds him, and then obviously the death of the antagonist at the end is like really yeah. intense. No, there's a very visceral imagery in this thing, like no mm-hmm. question. Um, speaking of which, so then yeah, we get introduced. So uh, Tarzan is able to kill uh, Sabor, and it's like, oh, you've finally gotten respect within the tribe. I finally respect you, mm-hmm. Tarzan, me, Kerchak, the ape. But then there's a gunshot, and now there are other humans on the scene. So yeah, we got uh, Clayton. Uh, who is essentially the villain of the thing, uh, voiced by Bri- legendary Shakespearean actor Brian <laughs> Blessed. Brian Blessed. Yeah. He's great, too. He's very good, and he also does the Tarzan yell. Because to- apparently... Tony- Interesting. Yeah, Tony Goldwyn apparently just couldn't do it, so Brian Blessed does it. Ah, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. Um, good for and- him. It's right- a good Tarzan yell. Very good Tarzan yell. And then uh, the father, uh, Professor Archimedes Q. Porter, who is insane, uh, ridiculous human yes. being, uh, voiced by uh, the recently, not recently, he dies in 2001, uh, Sir Nigel Hawthorne. Um, and mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, Jane is... Yet another um, white-haired, white-mustachioed father figure of the uh, female <laughs> protagonist in a Disney yeah, movie. It's... They're all, like, exactly the same, except for Triton is buff, and the yes. rest of them are short. <laughs> like, that's the only difference, I Crazy feel like. Crazy old Archimedes. Uh, and Crazy then, yes. old Archimedes. And then the romantic interest, of course, Jane Porter, voiced by Minnie Driver, who, I, again, I think is very good in this thing. I think she's... 
she she's get, okay. It's a it's a weird choice for a a, a quote princess. I know she's not yeah. a princess, but like you know, it's a weird. She's certainly not the first one I would think of. But I like Minnie Driver a lot. I think she does great. She, I think she brings a lot of humor to this thing. It isn't like a boring yes. female lead, like like a lot of other like female leads, female romantic interests in the Disney animated yes. canon could be compared to. She she has like a humor to her, an accent an eccentricity to her. Um, there's the yeah. She loves nature too. She's like got very much got her own thing going on. There's this um, one sequence, from the top of the movie. There's this one sequence where she's like describing to like her father and to Clayton like where, like how she like met Tarzan, and apparently she was like just allowed to improv that sequence, and it led to this cool. like uh, they had it took them like seven weeks to animate her character like going through this improvised dialogue, which cool. is very. It's the one where she's like, "I was flying, and Daddy, they took my boots." Um, it's very yeah. cute. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, there's the sequence where like she's being chased by baboons. Um, I love this moment mm-hmm. where Tarzan literally just like rolls his eyes. He's like, "Ugh, I guess I gotta save her from the baboons that are going to eat her." Um, <laughs> yeah, I like how he negotiates with the baboon at the end. Yes, he's like in baboonese or whatever it is, <laughs> sure. uh, baboonie. Um, he just like he's like figuring out like he basically can infer he's like wait now what happened how did this all start you just just for this drawing fine take the fucking drawing get out of here <laughs> um but and I do I do, I think like I take take or leave whatever else in the movie I do like the scene like in the rain of Tarzan and Jane in the tree like sort of like first sort of like having their like conversation him yeah. first learning human language the fucking hands touching going together sure, it's good imagery it's good mm-hmm. imagery because it's like the setup with his mom before you know from when he's a kid and how exactly. different their hands are and, and yada, like tony yada, yada. tony goldwyn uh the no 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 i'm jane like that like that's cute it's mm-hmm. like him learning. like i yeah. don't know there's some good there's some good stuff happening uh worked for me um then yeah trash in the camp uh is a dumb song and i don't like it and it is bad um it's just the gorillas and tantor just inexplicable it's like what is it it's just them coming what the hell is that i feel like it was like i don't know they were like uh we're like six minutes shy of where we want to be run run time wise (laughs) and we're realizing that Rosie O'Donnell needs a song now. Yeah. So Cause it is we'll a, do this weird thing. It's a short it's She le- can scat. <laughs> she can she sure can. It's eighty-eight minutes, the song. Yeah. I mean the movie. The song the is song. not. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. Shubadoo, song feels Certainly on Broadway it feels that long. Oh my god. We'll get to that. Um but then yeah, then it's essentially just like it's it's a pretty like I don't want to say thin plot. I mean, it could, like, and this, I mean, we'll get to this in the stage show. Where, like, it. I mean, yeah, we'll get to the stage show in a second. It's sort of just like the complete failure and adaptation. But yeah, then it's just like sure. they're teaching Tarzan about human culture. Uh, that's where Strangers Like Me comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Kerchak, like, eventually, like, it's like, ah, oh, the humans. You can't bring the humans here. Like, there's a betrayal. They're gonna kill us. Um, Tarzan, like, learns that he's, like, uh, an actual human, and, like, he learns about his parents, and he's, like, gonna go back with them to England. Um, I'm just, like, fucking... Wears a suit. He wears... Puts on a suit. Do do you prefer him in the (laughs) suit or not in the suit, Brian? 
I mean, he looks good in the suit, actually. He looks... It's the thing. It's something about his face. He's like a hunk, obviously. <laughs> but something about his pointy face that just really turns me off. Um, also, we were cracking up thinking about, like, his first... Like, he just realizes what shoes are and how to put shoes on and how his feet would... Like, here's no way he'd be, wa- he'd be able to walk in those things. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he'd be like um, uh, Agador Spartacus, you know, at the it, during the bird... In the birdcage when he has to... No, I never wear shoes. <laughs> um, uh, fancy suit, though. Yeah, no, he looks he looks charming AF. Uh, but then Clay, Clayton has a pl- Clay, first of all, okay, Clayton's an asshole. Clayton's just like such a thin sketch of an asshole villain. He's just like, yeah. I'm going to great white hunter. I know, I'm going to hunt and kill the gorillas. <laughs> uh, that's just like who he is. Yeah, um, you barely get the thinnest motivation at one point of they're like, yes, because their their pelts are worth a lot of money, and you're like, okay. Cool. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, he he shoots and kills Kerchak. Tarzan is like trying to like attack Clayton, and but yeah, like in classic Disney fashion, uh, Tarzan doesn't kill Clayton. Clayton just like gets tangled up in vines, and just like he's like angrily cutting to... through the vines and like hangs himself. And yeah, it's this again, it's like it's this really stark image of like Tarzan, like Tarzan and Clayton falling from the sky. Tarzan hits the ground, the dagger hits the ground, and then just like the lightning and thunder clashes, and just like in shadow you see clayton's body hanging from the vine like um, swinging i mean mm-hmm. like long drop sudden stop it, it it's a it's memorable it's nothing yeah, if not memorable sure is. um and then also a good example of our our uh disney characters with a gun of course like yeah, yeah, this is sort of the end of that era as yeah. well as the renaissance there's not really disney characters with guns even villains after this you not know? really no the, the fucking... guns and frozen i haven't seen frozen uh, I think swords. I think there are swords in okay. Frozen. Um, in Maybe in Home on the Range, in Home on the Range, a uh, great film, of course. Uh, the villain, voiced by Randy Quaid, uh, yodels. Okay. He, he's a cow rustler, and he has a yodel that can hypnotize cows. So he doesn't need a gun. Exactly. It's just the power. He just has one of those, like, <laughs> Anton Chigurh, like, psh, you know, the, like, yeah. pressure, of the, <laughs> the bolt or whatever. If the rule you followed, Roger of is, of what use was the rule? He hypnotizes them and That'll then just, goosh. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and then Jane, Jane decides that she really loves Tarzan, um... And so she stays, and so does the father. And he's just like, oh, tell them we died. I don't know. Tell them you never found us. Um, <laughs> sucks for all their friends back in England, but okay, sure. Um, Whatever. And then it ends, and that's the really... They have gorilla friends now. That's it. That's, I mean, that's... I, just, like, just like fucking racing through this thing, Brian. Like, there's... Yeah. There's not... I mean, there's not much, you know? I mean, I... Again, no. it, work, it works for me, even though structurally it doesn't work at all. Like, it is just... It is so indebted to the Disney Renaissance musical structure, but musically, it just doesn't follow that track at all. I think that's honestly like the biggest yeah. turnoff for me. And what we get two worlds again at the end, yeah. right? Isn't that yeah. the song? There's sort of a montage showing, like, look, there, she's got a red loincloth and bra now, and she can also surf in the trees. <laughs> and uh, Archimedes exactly. is taking doing cannonballs into a jungle pool with Tantor, the, the elephant. Great. 
<laughs> we missed, uh, I think, two important like visual things we missed. Is when he's a kid, he um, when he feels left out, he decides that, ah, blackface must be the answer and puts mud all over himself to I try know. to become a gorilla. Uh, it's just like after talking about Mary Poppins and like talking about the, the chimney, it was, it's just really stands out now. I'm like, Oh gosh, you're is just, this yeah, still just indebted just, to the same history. I know, just like, Oh, this shit again. Well, again, it's, it's Tarzan. It is a, a young white boy given a, uh, flimsy dramaturgical excuse to hang out with, uh, cat creatures in Africa. Right. Like that's yeah. the fucking gross shit of it all. Yeah. Um, it really and is. And then also this the weird how they have the Beauty and the Beast tea set. It's Mrs. Potts and her children yes, are yeah, their the, like, yes. tea set at the and camp. <laughs> and the, and, and, then, not, and the gorillas like, notably it, don't it's, trash it's a, it. It's a close-up. Yeah. They don't. It's it's a literal like big screen close-up on that. Um I did yeah. appreciate because fucking revisionist uh Walt Disney Corporation, like when you so like obviously for this season we're watching all this shit on Disney Plus, or a lot of this shit on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um for some of these like uh like Renaissance uh films, you know, they they have the new intro, they have the new CG uh castle uh, intro for the Walt Disney oh, films. Yeah. But what I love is for Tarzan, the way that the music is incorporated into the intro, they couldn't do that. They, they like, couldn't change they, it, that's right. Yeah, because it starts off with the, the percussion already built into that intro and then it like goes like right into the jungle. Um, yeah. So they couldn't do that. Ha <laughs> ha! You ain't revising uh-huh. shits, Disney. <laughs> Also, like, I love when a movie has the, um, like, intestinal fortitude to um, end with a smash cut of your title again. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. movie does that. I'm always like, okay, that's cool. You know, you're, like, going for it at least. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Uh, yeah, yeah, you I, believe like... in it if nobody else does. <laughs> Listen, I visually, it was, it, I think it's nothing if not visually stunning. I think we can both agree yeah. on that. Like, say what you will about sort of, like, emotional resonance, about story, character, what have you. But I think just as a piece... Looks good. Yeah. As a piece of animation, I think it is uh, kind of remarkable. Okay, now I... So now mm-hmm. I actually want to see um, in the world of, like, the Disney Renaissance. Because, like, obviously, like, yeah, this was sort of, like, the last bastion of the thing. But I'm just curious, like, because, like, I feel like with every film, they were, like, able to get that song Oscar. Like, I feel like it was sort of just like, oh... Disney has a new movie out. I guess they're going to get the Oscar for it. Yeah. So let's see. We got, yeah, Little Mermaid got it for Under the Sea. Beauty and the Beast got it for the title song. Aladdin got it for A Whole New World. Um, Lion King got it for Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Pocahontas got mm-hmm. it for Colors of the Wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess the first year, well, I guess Hunchback of Notre Dame wasn't even nominated? That wow. seems wild wow. to me. What was that? Now, well, we'll do it on that episode. We got yeah, a whole exactly. episode coming up yeah. about but then, And then Hercules so. doesn't win because it goes to uh, Titanic, My Heart Will Go On. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, they, so like I said, it, it egregiously won this year. Uh, but then, yeah, they Disney, like Pixar wins a few, but I don't think Disney actually wins a song Oscar until... Uh, Frozen in 2013. Yeah, Let it that's go. what I was gonna guess. Yeah, it's uh, Frozen, and they have. That's like their 
that's their comeback, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, comeback yeah, to it, this genre exactly. after buying and dominating every other genre. Even though I would, during the interim, I period. would I would argue that Tangled has better songs than Frozen, but that's just me. Um, I prefer Tangled as a musical to Frozen. John Fisher and I were talking um, yesterday about. Um, Tarzan the musical just in I was just talking about it before in prep for this episode for and sure. um and he was saying he's he he was he pointed out the fact that like yeah Disney kind of went from chasing the Oscar um after Beauty and the Beast and almost getting it to then like chasing boys as a demographic <laughs> yes. and this was certainly a part of that Oh push. yeah because this yeah I mean so you get like this and then you get Emperor's New Groove and then of course you get yep. the the double whammy of Atlantis and Treasure Planet yeah this mm-hmm. is a and then Home on the Range again is kind of just like the end it's just like this is it like there's yep. the, the, and then they go, then they move into like CG territory with shit like Chicken Little uh, and uh, fucking meet the Robinsons. Um, and e- but then movie. even <laughs> yeah, then even with like an, you get the Princess and the Frog, which is a lovely film. Um, but then even like the next few films, it's like they're trying to just like not point out the princess of it all, right? Oh, I guess I forgot Brother Bear. Of course, Brother Bear. Yeah, of well, course. Well, no, because Phil Collins wrote the songs for that too. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, that that movie. I think I just saw the title of that movie, and immediately, like, if there was a mute function Ella, <laughs> on social media for my own brain, I did it with regarding that movie for sure. Which, yeah, but it, again, the songs function in a similar way. There, they are non diegetic. Uh, but so, and I, of course, I apologize. Ta- are there two worlds and one family in that movie? Well, there's two bears, uh, I believe. Great. At least two bears. No, so you got Tarzan, Fantasia 2000. I forgot, of course, Dinosaur, the computer animated film Dinosaur that everyone remembers and loves. Um, sure. Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, Lilo and Stitch, of course, came out 2002, mm-hmm. which is a masterpiece, honestly, Fun in my movie. opinion. Um, but then, yeah, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt. Uh, but then, yeah, like, Tangle, it's like, you would usually call that film just Rapunzel. But they're like, no, 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 we got to do, it's going to be called Tangled. And we're going to also focus on the male character. Um, it's like, they're just like, we, even if we're going to make these princess movies, we cannot focus on the princess angle of it. Sure. Is the strange gendered mental math they're doing. Four quadrant hit or whatever. Right, whatever the fuck. Um, so yeah. Let's move into a different realm. Let's move into the world of theater. Musical theater. Broadway. Broadway. Um, so when last we left, um, of course, last week we talked about Mary Poppins, which was happening on mm-hmm. the West End. Um, on Broadway, of course, Beauty and the Beast is still running. Lion King is still running. Um, and Aida is still running, which had a book by David Henry Wang, which is, of course, how he gets involved here. Um, Broad Wang. He's, well, M, M Butterfly. Two Broad Wang musicals at the Broad- same, in the same year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and then, M Butterfly is a great play, though. M Butterfly is a, is a, is a, a I wish play. I could have seen Julie Tabor directed a revival of it a few years ago. Wow. And I know that uh, David Henry Wang rewrote it. Uh, to sort oh, of, interesting. To sort of 
more contemporary thoughts on gender, you know, like, because obviously yeah. that thing was written in, like, the 80s, 90s, so obviously very different uh, mainstream conversations on gender and gender presentation. Uh, yeah. But, um, and David Henry Wang also wrote uh, the musical Soft Power with Janine Tesori, um, which is a really okay. lovely show. Um, but, yeah, so there was, like, an article that came out sort of around this time, like, 2004, 2005, where it was, like, here are the musicals that Disney's working on. And in that list was, yeah, it was, like, Little Mermaid and Tarzan and some other projects that I think didn't pan out, like Pinocchio, which had its own weird life. Um, but Tarzan was the first one. Like, of the shows that they were developing, Tarzan was next. And it was ready. Uh, it was uh, directed by Bob Crowley, who was an award-winning scenic designer uh, who had designed Aida. Um, Designed this show as well. Yeah, he costume and scenic designed this show as well as directing it, which is, yeah, I mean, that's... He didn't do the lighting design, did he? No, Natasha Cat, and that was the only... The only Tony Award. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I asked. Mm -hmm. Only Tony nomination, I guess. Yes, Um, yeah, they certainly didn't win. Um, But, yeah, Um, and obviously one of the biggest things was that the show didn't have an out-of-town tryout. It opened cold on... Wow. Yeah. It opened cold on Broadway. Bold. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because, like, even with, like, Lion King being, uh, as we talked about, like, the artistic success that it was, like, di- there was an animo... I mean, to- there's always been a fucking animosity between artists and critics, but I think there sure. was a big animosity between, like, Disney artists and critics because they were just like, oh, another cartoon being brought to the stage. So I think... yeah. Again, like, this is obviously... Ben Brantley was not having it. Absolutely not. So I'm just like, obviously this is speculation, but it's like, maybe they'll just like, we don't want to deal with another double duty round of this, of like, out-of-town critics and New York critics, let's maybe just, like, try it with New York critics. Let's just go for it. Yeah. And and it's, and it's, it's interesting with Tarzan, because... It feels like they wanted it to be the next Lion King, right? They, they like, it feels like they were like, let's try another, like, bold, artistic, like, almost minimalist take on the material. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't want to... Yeah, but it I, also feels like there's so much more, and part of this is the circus elements and that yeah. kind of a thing, but there's so much more, like, theme park bullshit to me in this show. I think so, like yeah. Them. Than uh, Lion King for me, or more like not even theme park, like Vegas. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, apparently this was initially like uh, going. They wanted it to be an arena show. They wanted it to be like literally they'd set up a circus tent. Makes complete sense. And it would sense. be an, more of an in the round production. Probably would be better. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll get to we'll get to sort of like how the show has kind of been successful. Uh, but the Broadway run certainly was not successful. Um, again, like it just. And again, I don't want to dwell too much on production stuff, but again, obviously, sure. like, that informed the writing of the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think the New York Times referred to it as the musical green blob. Um, I think that's, Ooh. like, the opening, like, lead of Ben Brantley's New York Times review. Um, but, like, if you look at, like, pictures from that production, like... He's not wrong. Like it was. It's just green. That was like, it, like if like you know how we talked about like Julie Taymor had like a singular like vision for Lion King and it was circles. It's almost like Bob Crowley looked at this show and was like, green, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> greens, yeah, greens, and-, and nothing but greens. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it also feels like he's using the some of the design elements to try and hide the fact that everyone in the whole damn show is like on a wire the whole time. Yeah. You know, because it's a lot of vertical lines, which is like yeah. bamboo or undergrowth or whatever and vines. But it is also like everyone is on lines at all times. Yes. Um, like for flying. And like they do some funky stuff with perspective, at least like right out of the gate. And then they just like don't deal. They don't abandon. They abandon that entirely sure. and, and go back to being seen, on like, the ground. And I've seen like footage from like regional productions and they've seems to be able to replicate some of the cool imagery, which is great. Like, yeah, you sort of the first sort of like grand image is you have this like silent sequence of the parents like in the shipwreck. And then, yeah, it's this beautiful thing of like, yeah, forced perspective. It's like the parents are like on wires almost yeah like you're looking at like a bird's eye view of the parents yeah. lying on the beach and then like walking down the beach down. yeah yeah but they're walking from like it yeah like you say bird's eye view so they're actually walking on the back wall of the theater yeah drop of the theater and walking towards the stage it floor. looks it's funky it looks cool. cool yeah i wish they yeah. could have played with some more stuff like that and then they just move into like Hairy uh, tutus for to represent gorilla bodies, and then like literally like a, a scaffolding platform rolled around on stage. Like yeah. it just gets really boring and flat fast. Yeah, like all the stuff with human normal humans in it are. Just like standing in lines on the ground. And it's if you good. think the design is flat, wait till you get to the script. Hey oh. Oh boy. Um, yeah, for real. Because like I don't like I don't even know what happened. Like I was reading this and it gets to Son of Man and I'm like, wait, we're halfway through Act One? Like there are like ten pages left in Act One. How how is like it feels so dramatically inert. Like yeah. as a piece of adaptation like i and then obviously like phil apparently phil collins was very hands-on like in the rehearsal process apparently he was like there every day and it was like taking notes and it was and it wasn't just like a it wasn't like a u2 uh spider-man i will say this was kind of a precursor to spider-man People totally. on wires swinging around. This was definitely like a test totally. run of how this technology can work. Um, yeah. But like, it wasn't like that where like U2 was just like, oh, here's some songs. Bye. We're going on tour now. Like Phil Collins was in the room and apparently he was uh, very nice and was like great to work with. Um, but y'all, his songs for the new songs for this just are Quonk not off. good. Clunkers. True. And it's like, if we, if you think the lyrics in the film are bad, Ooh. oh my gosh, they are just like, they're such like moon June lyrics, you know? They're just like, yeah. just like the most like obvious like rhyme schemes in the world. It's really disappointing. Cause like musically, there's some stuff. Again, like I'm really not a fan of the orchestrations. I'm really sorry. I'm just not. I just don't think they match the material in any interesting way. But yeah. like the music for the songs isn't the worst thing in the world. But the lyrics are just yeah, they are complete anchors, just weighing these things down. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a shame. Um, uh, things they've changed. Uh, Turks a boy now. That fucking sucks. Um. <laughs> also was never clear uh that Turk was not a boy in the movie like sure. they're not like look at your penis you know what i mean <laughs> like it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> like, why the fuck does it matter sure. at all? I know. Like, it could have been any... Like, they're a friend character. 
They're a friend. Yeah, who cares? They're just fucking Tarzan's friend. It could have been. I mean, again, maybe in, like, obviously the show is licensed by MCI. You can fucking stage it if you want to. Um, maybe right. you can cast a, a non-male actor as, as Turk. Fucking go for sure. it. Um, who, right. who better than me? Um, it's... <laughs> It's, I mean, and that sound, it sounds like a precursor to that fucking Don't Let Me Go song from Shrek the Musical that Donkey sings. Oh, um, it does. Right? Yeah. Um, which, yep, coincidentally, yep. Chester Gregory, who played this role on Broadway, was the original Donkey in the wow. Seattle, uh, like, tryout of Shrek. So everything's a circle. Wow. The Lion King. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, like... No other way that fucking... Also, yeah, like, again, like, some of the actors are, are, are played by... Some of the characters are played by black actors, the apes. But then, like, Shula Hensley plays Kerchak, and he's 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 white, and it's just like... Yep. And, and yeah, I will, and I will say... Just it like, kind of rubs some, like, dirt on them as a makeup. Like, I know. Not, in, not even in a... Not in as much of a directly, like... Looks like blackface, like in the movie when he's it, a kid. Just in, like like a, a, it looks like it, you're dirty. It just looks like you're dirty. It's like kind of an attempt at stylization. It's like lines, yeah. like on the chest or some shit like that. Um, the, the just the ape design is kind of strange. Yeah, it looks like they're just like wearing mops on their limbs. It's very mm-hmm. sort of like stringy, and I guess it's I don't know. It's just not visually appealing. Um, no. Nope. Which uh, you know you kind of you kind of want for this kind of show. Um, yeah. What else we got? Um, yeah. So they, there's sort of like a more active sort of like oh like fear of Tarzan as a human is brought on earlier on. Uh, it's like oh he made a weapon by like tying a, yeah. like a sharp rock to a stick. He wants to use it to peel fruit, but Kerchak thinks oh it's a a spear to like hurt people. Um, uh, what else? They get rid of Tantor because I guess he can't put an elephant on stage. I guess Disney's really never... did it. I was say Disney's never seen the Lion King. Apparently, I yeah, guess exactly. <laughs> um, Silly. You have that song, uh, "Sure as Sun Turns to Moon," which is just like Kerchak just awkwardly like flirting with Carla. <laughs> it was just like, geez, it's like yeah. you, you look cute tonight. Carla, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Gorilla wife of mine. Yes. Um, you get that song. You yeah, like Jane is introduced like ten minutes before the end of Act the end of Act One. It's so yeah. odd, just like how this thing thinks that like momentum works. Pacing. And their loves, they're like way, they're like making out all the time in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? As compared to the movie, like they kiss at the very end. But yes, I feel also, like they're like the love element is really pushed. And like the the song that ends Act One is so uh, the music there makes no sense. It's just like so. I don't like, even remember which totally one. Totally it like it's called different. And oh yeah, and it's it's like so happy and ch- it sounds like a song that like the fucking Wiggles sing. It's like why yes. is it that <laughs> I feel so different? I am but it's like so up tempo and poppy. It's very Bizarre. strange. Uh, Trash in the camp just becomes the act two opener. No lead in. It just no happens. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, um, Cl- yeah, Clayton is just also just like, I mean, if you think he's thin in the in the film, like, he's even more of a thinly structured character here. Mm-hmm. Um, he just gets locked in a cage at the end. <laughs> it's so fucking... Yeah, they're like, they're like, we'll deal with this after the show. 
I know it's so sad. Don't yeah. worry, he won't get away with his crimes. But then again, yeah, like you, you know, like Tarzan sings "Strangers Like Me," which makes sense. Like that, yep. that works. But then, like them singing that, like, that one and the ensemble singing "Son of Man" are like the two ones that I'm like that makes the most sense. And Kala, I guess, singing um, "You'll Be in My Heart," right? Yeah, yeah, "You'll Be in My Heart" because that's like, like you said, one of the few diegetic moments in the. Movie, but yeah, all the rest of it's just odd. Yeah, I just it's just the songs that were written for the thing uh, are not good. They are lyrically just like all over the place. I think it's just mm-hmm. structurally a mess. I think it's just like dramatically inert. I think it, uh, which again, like I think there's stuff that maybe you could have finagled to work. I just, I don't think it works. I just don't think it works as a piece of just like adaptation or just as a thing and in and of itself. Um, yeah. It, it, a slight teaser that at the end of this season, we're going to be ranking these uh, stage adaptations. Yep. I'm really, this is really close. This might be at the bottom of the list. I know we've still got a few to to work through, but I'm just like, I think this is such a failure on so many accounts. And I mean, it is yeah. also just like, uh, from a financial standpoint, it was also a failure. Um, it closed, Whoops. what, like a little over, like barely ran a year, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Like, but then the Sorry, we- Matthew Morrison. <laughs> He was in a workshop was of he? this. Oh, he was in the workshop of it. Yeah, That's it was right. Josh Strickland, who was an American Idol contestant. Oh, great. Yes. But there is a happy... dreadlocks. <laughs> there is a happy ending to this story, Bran. Because okay. Tarzan, again, a word that comes up a lot in this podcast, inexplicably became a huge hit in Germany. In Germany! Uh, oh, that makes total sense to me. <laughs> They're, they're just like the specificity of of tastes for like German musical theater. I mean, isn't then they build a theater for, um, oh my God, what's it called? Trains, trains, trains. Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, Starlight, Starlight Express. Express. <laughs> no, then no, they build a theater Brand- specifically for Starlight Express that's still going on. <laughs> Brand the musical's called cool, Trains, Trains, Trains. Now I'm sorry, uh, I think it is too. Cool. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, they they opened up a, a production in in Hamburg, Germany. It played there for like five years. <laughs> Um, wow. And then they opened another production in Stuttgart, and then they opened, like, another production in Oberhausen. Um, wow. It, like, it did, and, like, I think also a big part of it was just, like, in the staging of it uh, in Germany, it was sort of more in the audience. It had more of an arena cool. feel to it. So yeah. I think that probably just, it made it more immersive. It made it feel like, oh, I'm at the theater for a reason to be part yeah, of, exactly. a, of an experience. Um, and yeah, maybe just like mm-hmm. the, spe- the specificity of like German uh, theatrical experience just made it more yeah. of a show that they were interested in. They love spectacle over there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Ever since the Weimar Republic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Lenny, Re- <laughs> Lenny Riefenstahl's Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Two worlds. One family. (laughs) 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 Nightmarish. Um, That's terrifying. So I guess it's weird. We don't have a guest, Brian, where we would usually ask them the question. question. (sighs) Is this a time where one of us gives an answer? 
I guess it could be. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do a fast one. Okay, great. Um, so, Brand, I have, I have tradition. I have to ask you this. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, Brand Moorhead, if you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what would you choose? Uh, for the purposes of today, I will choose Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Um, a movie that has come up on here before um, that I guess was possibly being adapted into a musical for a while by John Patrick Shanley. Isn't that right? That makes that, I mean, it would make sense. He wrote the original. He is a prolific theater writer. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. I'm not sure who's who was attached to writing songs, and I'm not going to look it up right now. No. So who cares? Uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I think uh, if you've never seen it, it's one of the best yeah. romantic comedies of ever, especially of the 80s. Um, it's a really lovely movie directed by Norman Jewison, starring Cher and a very young Nick Cage. <laughs> one of his best performances. Um, no truly, question. Truly, truly in, in, the, in the long history of totally deranged Nicolas Cage performances, <laughs> it's up there as one of the best. Uh, frequently recurring um, guest Sarah Costello is a huge fan of this. Um, I, was, I was fantastically surprised that on both of her appearances, she didn't use it. As her answer, because I know how much yeah. she loves that movie. And it is all, I mean, that movie feels like a warm bowl of pasta. Mama like, mia. it is such yes. a lovely comfort film. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly. It feels like, like an eggplant parm. <laughs> yes. Um, and, I mean, it, and it feels like it has that romantic comedy energy to it that, like, fits so well in the musical theater genre. Yes, there are so many, and I mean, it revolves like around opera, and there's a lot of use of La Boheme as a like underscoring in that movie yeah. because of his love for it. And honestly, the movie is just kind of it's using that structure and that like ensemble structure to kind of do its own version, its own 1980s version of La Boheme. Yes, with uh, Italian people in New York City um, instead, and. Um, yeah, uh, I love that movie. I'm trying to think of who would do who could do songs. I mean, I love Janine Tesori, but it feels like that's a little big um, sure. for the show. And I, I feel I, know, I was I'd think- want the full orchestra, but I would like a more an intimate somebody who's very good at writing more intimate songs. Right. I was thinking like an Adam Gettle type because you know I was thinking like Light in the Piazza. Like Italy, oh, he's already sure. Yeah, I know he's he's made some questionable uh, political remarks in the past few years oh, that maybe have gotten him hashtag semi canceled. Um, but I don't know. But I think he's he's still a very good composer. Uh, just gonna yeah. say. But yeah, so I think he'd be a good fit. Um, I think even somebody like it might be interesting to see like Fiona Apple write songs. <laughs> sure. For this. Yeah. She basically just writes musical theater songs anyway. It's true. It's you, she's like kind of fooled a whole generation into <laughs> listening to musical theater music as a pop song. Oh my gosh. Um, Moonstruck. When moonstruck. Will it, why not? When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a moonstruck. Uh, great, great film. Perfect. Uh, that's okay. So. Uh, thank you all uh, for listening. Next week, we continue this season uh, going back to an OG Disney Renaissance film with a similarly semi-disastrous Broadway production, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, with a oh, yeah. fan-favorite guest all the way back from the Shrek days, Bianca Phipps making uh, their valiant return to the podcast. It's a very, it is a very chaotic episode. Um, so. It was a fun discussion. 
Yes, it's gonna be a, it's a yeah. it's a fun one. So tune in for that next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to thank check Trent. out our Patreon as always. Oh yeah, I listen as, to us talk about Annette more I, than me saying. <laughs> actually, I will say, please, please, after please. seeing it twice. I love it even more, and I didn't gush enough about it on the podcast. <laughs> it's very you, good. Please go see it. You literally texted me like after we recorded that Patreon, and you were just like, "Oh, Ben, I, I, I don't know if I like said how much I love it." And I'm like, "Bren, you said how much you love it. I promise you." <laughs> Not- it's wacky. It's great. It, 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 I'm glad that it make st- it make money. <laughs> Watch it on Amazon. It comes out in like two days. It does. I'm well. It's out by the time you're listening to this. Um, Oh great! Yeah, yes. good point. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that it held up. Um, yeah, God, no, go see Annette. Thank you as always, Bran, for producing and editing and yelling about Annette on this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe for future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical, and as we've alluded to several times, go to patreon.com slash move the musical and consider becoming a monthly member to hear our thoughts on Annette and other such uh, filmed musical mania. Tune in next week for Little Mermaid. Keep on singing. Um, Son of Man, walk through the sky, lift your spirits, set them free. The song time of our day. (laughs) Two worlds, one cup. (laughs) Good.